Anyways. All right, are you ready? I think we got to get going. Is this episode 34? Honestly, I don't know. Is it 34 or 35? I think it's 34. Fuck, all right. We'll go with we'll 34. Go 34. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. Wonderful. This is episode number 34. 34 is what we think it is. We think it's 34. It could uh, be 35, but they, I think it's 34. Anyways, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. It's a long it's week. It's going pretty good. We're it's been a long studio. week. I'm uh, running on fumes right now because I didn't get much sleep last night. But Understood. And I, and I mowed my grass today. I, I cut mine as well. Thank you to the neighbors. I didn't call the city on me. Because my grass was pretty bad. Mine was about <laughs> up to here. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, but it's know, cut now. We work a lot, so yeah, it's hard to get it done. It is, but it's cut now. It doesn't. Mine doesn't look that bad. I'm like, I was actually looking around. I was like, this kind of doesn't look terrible. My, I was pretty happy with it. So mine looks. I, I spent a little extra, a little more time on it today. Okay. And it, a little bit more helps. It looks pretty good. I need to trim. I haven't trimmed in years. <laughs> Do you need a weed wagger? I think I got one, but I got to get it up and running. If you got to borrow mine, you can. It's just. If you need to extend the line out, you have to stop the weed whacker and manually do it. Oh, see, I'm 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 very vicious with my weed whacker, so <laughs> that's not gonna be a that's not gonna be able to work. Gotcha. Anyways, got any news today? Yeah, I got two news stories. All right, I got two as well, so I'll let you get started. So check this out. Among Us shaped McNugget sells for nearly one hundred thousand dollars. You know, I saw this one, but this was one that I scrolled right by because I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't understand either, but just to the fact that a McNugget one singular McNugget sold for $100,000. I had to bring this up. Yeah, I mean. So a McDonald's McNugget that bears a resemblance to a player's character in a popular video game called Among Us sold on eBay for just short of $100,000. Oh, okay, that explains it. The McNugget listed by eBay user Polizna started at only $0.99, but after 184 bids, the item sold for (laughs) (laughs) $99,997. That this is, is absurd. Like, who, 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 just, who just has that expendable cash to, to spend on a McNugget? There are a lot of video game nerds out there. Some of them are like engineers and shit and yeah. cut really good salaries sure. and only spend money on their nerdy shit and they just stack the rest. So what are you going to do with that McNugget? I don't know what the hell you're going to do with a McNugget. Probably display it in your collection. It doesn't really go bad. McDonald's food doesn't really mold. Yeah, that is true. So a lot you, of preservatives. So you could probably just hang it up. Display it? Yeah, display it like you said. I don't know. I saw that one and I just scrolled right by because I'm like, those can't be anything interesting. But hey, I mean. <laughs> the the listing said the Among Us shaped nugget came from the McDonald's BTS meal, a combo meal inspired by a K-pop band BTS. The seller promised the nugget would be delivered in edible condition. So this person's going to eat the nugget? I can't imagine this nugget is getting consumed. I couldn't. I don't think so. Was this out of, where was this out of? Was this out of Korea? I have no idea. This seems like a Korean thing. We'll have, we'll have to do a little bit more research on this. Oh, well, this is kind of funny. The eBay post caught the attention of official Among Us account on Twitter, which shared the link to the auction. The post received a reply from official Xbox account, which suggested the nugget should come with a packet of McDonald's Szechuan sauce. Jesus Christ. Okay, that, that's where you lost me. <laughs> so, I, have you seen Szechuan, Szechuan sauce at McDonald's anywhere? It was a thing back, remember Mulan? Do you remember Mulan? Yeah. Uh, the movie came out, I don't know, I think in the 90s. Sure. It was a sauce that came out special with Mulan. It was a limited edition sauce. Have you ever heard of the nerdy 
show called Rick and Morty that all the nerds just lose their shit about. Yeah. On Rick and Morty, uh, I think Rick's character, I think Rick's the old guy, he was talking about how Szechuan sauce was the best sauce that McDonald's ever had and how it's a shame that it only was part of that limited edition run or whatever. Okay. I was going to say, because I, I, I don't think I've ever had it. No, it's, it's it was okay. a limited edition in the 90s. So then what happened was McDonald's had like a limited agreement where a few of the branches were going to have Szechuan sauce available. They're going to re-release the recipe and have it as like a limited one-day release or whatever. The Rick and Nort- Morty nerds showed up in droves and basically were belligerent to the employees because, number one, they, so a lot of these places didn't get the sauce. So they were, <laughs> these nerds were, and the Rick and Morty fan base is the worst fan base of anything ever. They're worse than Steelers fans. They're worse than anything. Jeez. They're terrible because they all think that they're smarter than everybody, but they're also completely obnoxious and outside of the realm of reality, basically. <laughs> the show isn't that bad, but the fans make it terrible. Right. Okay. So they all showed up, harassed the fuck out of these McDonald's employees. Like, hey, I don't know what to tell you. I don't got your sauce. The locations were getting surrounded by these people. At one point, like the one had just a little bit. So they're trying to figure out, well, what are they going to do with a little bit of sauce? We got 60,000 people outside. <laughs> right. At one point, I saw a video of one that broke open on the sidewalk, and these guys got down on their hands and knees and were licking it off the sidewalk. Are you kidding me? Because Rick and Morty told them that it was a good <laughs> sauce and they wanted to taste it. Uh, this was the silliest. This is where I lost faith in humanity right there. We'll sure, see. Sure, sure, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. That's funny. I didn't mean to go on that tangent. No, no, no. That that was great. Apologies. Well, I'm not apologizing to you, Rick and Morty fans. If you were out there, you don't you don't deserve any apology. <laughs> So, unless you're a 430 fan. Unless you are fans of our show, yes. Anyways. What kind of news stories you got, Pat? This one's a little bit weird. It's kind of a, just like a weird story, I guess. This one comes out of CBS12.com, and this is out of Grand Prairie, Texas. Woman found in storm drain in South Florida, now rescued from storm drain in Texas. So, back in March, this woman, her name is Lindsay Kennedy. She's a 43-year-old. She was in uh, South Florida. Her boyfriend had a house kind of on a canal that you could, like, swim in and, like, do stuff in. Sure. She decided, I'm just going to go swim in the canal basically uh she saw a a, a drain sewer and became curious was the words that she just she used to describe what prompted her to go into the drain in the first place so she became curious decided to wander through the drain (sighs) got lost for three weeks and spent three weeks down there according to her now she's a little bit of an eccentric character sure but eventually she got rescued a man should get out whatever and then shortly thereafter she moved to texas and went into a rehab facility because obviously she has problems if curiosity is leading her in the storm drains sure so she she was in a rehab facility. Less than a week later, she just wandered off. And oh, no. now a flurry, authorities were out there looking for her. And they saw her. They saw her like in a creek because she kind of gravitates <laughs> towards certain areas. Apparently she just likes creeks and drains and shit. So what happened is they, they saw her. They were trying to, like, hey, whatever. She decided, I don't want to go back yet. So she dumped, she dipped back into a drain. Got lost for another week in this drain. And her family and friends were, like, put together a rescue party, but they weren't going to go in the drain. What they were doing was they were just lowering, like, Gatorade and food <laughs> down to her just so she had something to survive. Are you kidding me? And the rescue plan was basically they were going to estimate where they thought she was. And then it was like, wait for her to come up, basically. So after a week she decided she was going to emerge and they were able to rescue her this out of that. insane. Believe it or not, she is at a hospital right now undergoing further psychiatric evaluation. Well, sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought that one was kind of weird. What is this lady's name? Uh, Lindsay Kennedy. Uh, Lindsay. 43 year old. Can't stay out of drains. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I feel bad because uh, apparently she's, I mean, obviously she's got problems. Yeah, obviously she has problems. Yeah. But why the drains? Yeah. Why not, you know. And this seems to be a repeat behavior at this point. Something so. less grimy and dirty. 
you would yeah, think. Yeah. There are plenty of plenty of places to hide. It's not like. Yeah. Anyways, so that one's that one's interesting. That one's out of Grand Prairie, Texas. Hopefully, we don't see her again. Hopefully, she finds help. Yeah. She's able to get stabilized a little bit. We'll keep up on that. We will have to. Anyways, what's your <laughs> uh, what's your next uh, news story? So this is out of uh, UPI on news, my favorite one. So from the police, driver who got stuck on golf course was following GPS. Now the reason I chose this was because this has happened to me before. Not the same story, but I have been misled by the GPS. Before. It happens. Police in Massachusetts said a man who drove his SUV into a golf course and became stuck on the sixth hole told officers he had been led astray by his GPS app. The Newton Police Department said officers were called to the sixth hole of Brayburn County Club golf course around 5 a.m. Wednesday on a report of an SUV, SUV stuck in the grass. Driver told police he had dropped some friends off at 2 a.m. and was following his Waze GPS, which led him onto a golf course. The man told police the darkness caused him to take a turn too wide and became stuck. Police said the man did not appear to be intoxicated and is not facing any charges. The SUV was removed from its lodging and the golf course was determined to be undamaged. You know, that type of thing happens quite a bit. I, it's just funny, though. The police were called to the sixth hole of the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> what would you yeah, say if you're a funny. police officer? Uh... I don't know. We, have <laughs> we got an incident at Hole 6. Paige and I, we were we were going to meet a couple of our friends at a bowling alley. No, 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 not a bowling alley. At a um, axe throwing place. Okay. That we've never been to before. Sure. So I put it in my GPS, and it took me to this sketchy-ass, like, trailer park, man. Like, un- like under, like, an expressway. It was, like, the most sketchy thing I've oh, I'm like, Jesus. this is not the place we need to be. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. That's terrible. And I entered it in, like, twice, and it took me to the same place that how, so, how like i i don't know i don't know what happened i don't know why it took me to that like i obviously didn't go back but when i re-entered it it showed that it was going to that same location yeah like why does it keep taking us here this is not the right place that reminds me there's an episode of the office where michael and dwight are out they're out trying to reclaim customers that have left the company for other people and their their idea is they have gift baskets and they think if they give people a gift basket <laughs> they're gonna give them back the business right so they're having trouble with this they're having a really bad day because nobody the gift the gift basket is not having the intended impact that <laughs> that they thought it was gonna it was gonna have so michael's driving and he's got his new gps and this is back when gps was relatively new like people were doing it for the first time like it wasn't on your phone it was just an actual like gps device yeah and they get to a point where there's a turn there's a driveway turning right into a lake and then a bear like uh you know how it kind of you go up a little bit and then you turn yeah the gps was saying take a right turn but it was clearly trying to tell him to take the the upper turn sure. you know not turn right in the lake right michael <laughs> thought the machine knew exactly what was going on <laughs> and drove his car right into the lake <laughs> and Dwight's sitting there in the passenger seat just yelling at him why are you driving in the lake and he's like the, the thing knows it knows what it's doing <laughs> it's so funny and they ended up getting soaked they ruined the car they had to get the car towed out the baskets got I think they had one left in the car it got ruined they had to go back and get it and then no customer returns either I don't think any of them did return <laughs> but then they needed to get a taxi home and they get you back to the company soaking wet that's funny and so you can always rely on the office for a, a good reference yeah and that kind of leads right into my next news story because we're going to scranton pennsylvania in this one no shit are you ready sure this one comes from six abc news out of scranton pennsylvania bobcat causes pennsylvania high school evacuation revealed to be missing house cats <laughs> It's just a little kitty. So this one happened at West Scranton High School. Uh, school officials, they have like security monitors set up. The cafeteria security monitor showed a cat in the cafeteria. That's pretty much what it showed. Now, the cat didn't have a long tail. Immediately, the conclusion was made that this was a bobcat. 
<laughs> now, so are, this, are bobcats like? Uh, are they? I was doing some seen, research. Seen around this area, they're not. This is a relatively urbanized area. Yeah. The problem is Scranton is kind of in the middle of different terrain. Like if you look at it on the map, it's just kind of like a little, little like urban area in the middle of a big forest, basically, kind of near the Appalachians a little bit, but okay. not quite. But no, there really aren't bobcats. <laughs> right, that's not our same thing you see every day. Right, even in the entire state. And this was early in the day. This was on a Tuesday. They decided that well, we have a bobcat in the cafeteria. We got to evacuate the school. So they sent all the kids <laughs> homes, and they ended school for that day. They called in the game commission, and they, it took them two hours to figure out where the cat was and locate it. They actually did find it. Turned out it was just a missing house cat. That is absolutely now, hilarious. The school officials are trying to justify it by saying it was a clouded jack cat, which is a special type of a special breed of cat where it kind of looks like a bobcat, sort of. Um, which apparently it was. The problem is if you look at the actual cat in the pictures, it doesn't. It, doesn't <laughs> it just look looks like a normal anything. ass cat. <laughs> so they were trying to justify it by saying, "Well, we we identified the animal correctly based on our knowledge of what a bobcat is." How many parents were called out of work to come pick up their? I kid don't know. But that. my other question too is they the, the determination was made that they were going to evacuate the school. It seems to me that a lockdown would be a lot more effective. Yeah, definitely. Than evacuating, especially if a vicious bobcat is roaming the halls. Right, you're gonna you're gonna expose all the children. They could out, just out be a hallway. it could be just be a massacre if that's what they concluded that it was. So who's, who's running this school? I don't know. <laughs> but it's funny how is Michael uh, Michael running this school. He probably is. <laughs> but it's funny how they're they're at their their whole defense is that their classification of the animal was correct. <laughs> so that that kind of made me laugh because just, I'm looking take at the this. L, man. So they're trying to justify the decision based on the fact that it was, it was a clouded jack, which I'm not going to lie looking at the pictures, that's a stretch. Like it might have been one, but it's an experimental <laughs> breed, so not every clouded jack actually looks like a bobcat. Sure. This one sure as shit doesn't behind the fact that it has a small tail. Right. So <laughs> that's funny. I don't know, I found that hilarious. Then the decision to evacuate the school. <laughs> send all the kids out into the halls. Get get the hell out, guys. Instead of locking down and being a little bit more systematic about Right. <laughs> and then I guess the cat, his name was Kashi. He's he'd been missing for three months. I guess his owners just kind of oh, shit. kind of shocked him up as a loss, basically. And he was in the high school. He I guess he was just roaming the area for a while. Huh. So he got reunited with his family. Everybody's happy. And he was even microchipped, which is interesting. So they're able to figure out where who he belonged to at least pretty quickly. So this has an happy ending, so that's good. It does have a happy ending. Uh, I think uh, some administrative policies are going to be tweaked, though, <laughs> right. in a Scranton public school yeah. district. You know, maybe a school board meeting should uh, be held. Uh, I thought that was funny. I can't imagine coming to the conclusion that this had to have been a bobcat first and foremost when there really isn't. That's a, It's a stretch at the very least. Number two, it doesn't look that big. A bobcat is a little bit bigger than a house cat. Yeah. This doesn't look that big. This doesn't. Like I've seen bobcats at the zoo. Like they're they're actually quite bigger. Anyway, so that's my new story. I thought that was hilarious. That's funny. That's funny. So, uh, anyways, are you ready for the main topic? Or do you got one more? Nope, I'm all set. Let's get it. Let's get going. What is the main topic today, sir? All right, we're going over the worst decisions in history, dumbest mistakes, mistakes in history, dumb decisions, you know, shit like that. And obviously, I've got some introductory comments on this. Sure. I was disappointed in my research. Me too. Because I figured that this would just be a treasure trove. Because you got to think, there's so much human history. So much. You could do a list on just anything. But the list that Google has provided for us, which obviously Google's a starting point for research. Yeah. But it's all the same shit. And it's all certain people making certain decisions. And a lot of a lot of decisions were conveniently uh, not included. I, 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 guess, I guess it kind of depends what people think a bad decision is as well. And who's making the bad decision. Yeah. There that, are some that, bad decisions that I thought would have been featured on some of these lists that weren't. 
that weren't just because it was a popular person exactly it may be in the face of the decision you know what i mean right so that was kind of kind of disappointing but i still got a couple that i'm interested in sure i'll let you get started because i'm assuming you probably have more than i do um i have three but i might potentially talk about four okay uh the last two will be pretty quick because like i was gonna talk about the hindenburg but i'm not talking about that one okay are you talking i I skipped the hindenburg i was gonna talk about the titanic but again i skipped the titanic i wasn't gonna talk because those are relatively popular ones right the one that I do have is relatively popular, but I got a ridiculously long breakdown of the entire thing. The other one is going to be a lot shorter. So okay, I'll let you get started. So dumbest decision in history. I don't know if this even makes like a list for being a dumb decision. I guess this is a pretty dumb decision. Decca Records declining to sign the Beatles. Yeah, I saw this one. So in 1962, Dick Rowe, he's an executive at Decca Records, thought that guitar groups were basically on the way out. That they weren't going to get big. They they weren't going to be a thing. Which is kind of dumb because we're eh, I. I, I, they were just continuing to get more popular at that yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Which makes no sense. So he didn't really know what the hell he was doing. How the hell he became an executive at a record label, I really don't know. But Yeah, exactly. So New Year's Day in 1962, at this time they were called the Silver Beatles, and Pete Best was the drummer. So this was really early on. Sure. They did an audition for their producer at Deco Records, Tony Meehan, and they did about 15 tracks. And one month later, Dick Rowe listened to it, and he was just like, nope, we're not signing them. They're not going to be big. They're not going to to make us any money yada 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 turns out that was a very big mistake the Beatles signed with EMI and their first eight and they were and they um, recorded their first eight records through the Prolophone label and at the end of summer of 1967 they earned an estimated 38.5 million dollars which is a lot of money back then this is a lot of money back then and according to the Wall Street Journal they did 50 million in sales in the US alone in 1964 and in 1968 they launched their own record label called Apple Records and basically the rest is history exactly so dick rowe could have been a really rich guy if he would have just signed the beatles that's all he had to do now if you want to go on and have a good decision that was made post prior to after this prior no not prior post all this you know who ended up owning a lot of the rights to the beatles individual songs who's that michael jackson he owns a lot of shit well he's dead now but i, I know but he he owns the rights to a lot of he stuff. ended up buying up a lot of the and it was funny because paul mccartney didn't have rights to like anything he was still trying to do shows but he like he couldn't he couldn't play any of the songs right it's, Anyways, it's, it's funny real quick. Um, I don't really know exactly what he did, but he, uh, you know, the rapper Eminem. Yes, Marshall he, Mathers. Yeah, he likes to diss a lot of people. Sure. It's kind of like his thing. And uh, Michael Jackson did some type of thing to where every time uh, a song played where Eminem dissed him, he like got money for it. And he just continues to make money off of any time those songs are played. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fantastic. But he's dead. So but he's it dead. So it, really it doesn't matter. really matter. So you want to you dive into one? Yeah, I got one. This one is long and complex. Complicated. This sure. is one of the most long and complicated things I'm going to do, probably since Enron, honestly. Sure. That was a really good one, by the way. Enron. It was. And that was. there were some dumb decisions made right there. Like, yeah. Arthur Anderson is not doing their job. That's a dumb decision. Right, definitely. The SEC is not doing their job. Which episode was that? 2025. I think it was 25. I think it was after heists. Yeah, that was Pat's episode. That was really good. That was a good one. Anyways, the first one I'm going to get into happened during World War II, which, again, you could come up with a million of these. Oh, man. Hitler what? made a really bad decision in World War II. Operation Barbarossa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this one that you prepared? No. Okay, good. I saw it, though. I read about it. I'm going to get into the breakdown as to why this was such a bad decision and a little bit of the history behind it. I'm not going to be using my notes. I'm just going to go with it. So You're good if I that. get some dates wrong, I think I got everything figured out. But if I get a date or two wrong, don't come off me too hard because I'm doing this off the top of my head. 
Sure. Anyways, so Operation Barbarossa, June of 1941. This is after Germany had taken over pretty much all of Western Europe. Yep. Outside of like Switzerland and a couple of the other places were kind of holding on. And obviously Britain was holding out. They worked themselves in basically a tactical stalemate with Britain because they were doing the air raids on London and all that shit, hoping to weaken Britain enough so that they could form an invasion force. Obviously Britain held strong. That didn't happen. Britain and Germany were at a stalemate on the Western Front. They were starting to focus on Africa. Brit- Britain and the United States were getting ready. Well, the United States wasn't in the war yet, but Britain was getting ready to stage the attack on Africa. The plan was to go through Africa, take over the Suez Canal, and then get into Italy. Okay. Do you know anything about World War II? Yes. <laughs> okay. Am I right so far? Yeah, you're doing good. So there's not a lot of action going on on the Western Front right now. Sure. There wasn't a lot of action going on on the Eastern Front either. Mm-hmm. Poland was captured by Germany during the Blitzkrieg, but Russia was also moving in at the same time. They basically got what they wanted out of Poland. Russia took Finland or was doing stuff in Finland and was moving south a little bit. Germany was doing a little bit out there too, moving through Greece and whatever, but there was no active conflict between the Soviets and Germany in 1941. Right. Up until June, where out of nowhere, Hitler decided that it was time to attack Russia. Now, that was because Russia made a move that Hitler did not like. What move was that? They, Russia moved in on a, a, Russia moved in on a territory, didn't they? I don't think so. Yeah, because they moved in in a territory and Hitler felt threatened that his um, oil territories were being threatened. Well, his plan was to go into the Caucasus, which is like Azerbaijan and Georgia. It's south of Russia, but before you get to Turkey, you know that little area on the I might be thinking later side? on in the war. Yeah. Okay, I'm be. sorry. Continue. There wasn't any active conflict because Germany's attack was essentially a surprise to Russia. Allied intelligence knew what Germany was doing, so the British and the United States told Stalin, hey, get ready for this. Stalin thought they were bullshitting him, so he did not have his troops ready mm. on the Western Front. He had troops stationed there and a lot of troops stationed there, but he was still concerned about Japan because there had been, there had been 40 years of long-standing conflict that was it talked about between Japan and Russia, dating back to like 1904, where they were just going at it for for no mm. fucking reason, basically. <laughs> and it's all over Manchuria because the Japanese Empire was working, trying to do their shit for a while before World War II even happened. Right. So they had most of their good forces situated in Siberia, thinking Japan was going to do something there. Japan and Russia ended up coming to a, like a non-aggression pact, basically in 1941, shortly before Hitler decided to make his move. Somehow Hitler didn't consider this as being anything problematic at all. The fact that just Russia and Japan made a non-aggression pact that didn't include Germany because Germany had a non-aggression pact with Russia. Right. So, and this is part of what makes it a dumb decision because if you have a non-aggression pact with Japan, Germany is in position to attack and it wasn't a matter of if they were going to attack. It was a matter of when conflict was going to rise up just based on how the two countries were positioning. And it was clear that Germany needed some of the Russian resources, including the Caucasus oil fields and some of the land in like Ukraine and whatever. Plus, it needed access to the Russian manpower because their plan was to use that as forced labor, basically, to reindustrialize and get ready for the rest of the shit that they were planning on doing. Right. And to add to that, they, were, they had the whole Liebenstrom thing where they wanted the living space, and they figured East, uh, Western Russia and Poland and everything that Russia Russia held in the West was going to be good for that. Mm-hmm. So Hitler figured in June of 1941, if you sent three million troops into Russia, you were going to attack Leningrad first, which is kind of like the, the academic center of uh, communism, basically, mm-hmm. at that point, which that's kind of the tactical value, I wasn't really didn't really get into the tactical value of Leningrad. A second force was going to go to Moscow, and this was going to be the biggest force, was going to sack Moscow, which obviously, the tactical value of that is pretty self-explanatory. Right. A third force was going to go to Kiev, Ukraine, which was going to be the launching point to get them into the Caucasus in the south of Russia and in Georgia and in Azerbaijan for the oil fields, because that was going to be critically important to Germany reindustrializing to the point where they could handle a full force United States attack and the remnants of Russia and whatever, and obviously the British 
action, everything that they were trying to do, they basically needed to pull that off. Right. The problem is, is there wasn't anything really pressing at that point in history that they had to do it right then, right there, without understanding, and they had no idea of what Russia really had. Right. Hitler estimated that they had three million troops in the army. That's what they thought that they had. So they're like, three million on three million. Hitler assumed that they had the technological superiority, and they did, early on at least. So they basically the Blitzkrieg tactics is what they ran with. They drove the Air Force in, bombed the shit out of the Russian Air Force. Russia really didn't have an Air Force at that point. So they destroyed all that, basically. So Russia was basically, it was a land battle at this point. And Germany was doing pretty well. They captured a fuck ton of Russian troops. They captured all the cities. They were able to cut around and surround Russian armies. Things were looking pretty good. So they're pressing to Moscow. They captured Kiev pretty easily. That wasn't, there was some resistance there, but it wasn't like, it wasn't that bad. Leningrad, however, turned into like a four-year siege, where that was just a continuous conflict for until 1944, basically. Yeah. And the other problem that Hitler didn't account for is after the Japanese pact with Russia, they pulled a lot of those troops, all these Siberian troops who were heavily experienced in cold weather combat. Yes, he did not account for And he just started swinging them this way towards Germany and they didn't he didn't account for that so the first problem that hit was in the fall because they, he figured this was gonna be a 10 week campaign he figured hit their front all the armies he figured all the armies were gonna be amassed at the front capture them all which he did and then he captured 3 million troops basically and he's like shit I figured that there were 3 million troops I, got, I guess I got them all basically <laughs> right so he was thinking it was gonna be an easy march into Moscow the problem is, is they kept fighting they kept on coming up with more and more people to fight he never got to Moscow they only they only got like 20 miles away but they put up a stand and they fought the first logistical problem was there's like the these rainstorms called the Rasputinsa or something, mm-hmm. which is a weird name, but it's a seasonal rainstorm in Russia that just turns all the roads to mud, basically. Right. They didn't plan for that. They didn't know about that. So the supply lines got bogged down and stuck. Obviously, the advancing of the army got stuck, too, so that slowed down considerably. Gave Russia time to regroup, rearm, and get ready. At the same time, Russia was getting ready to industrialize, or they were moving their factories back, and they were able to get factories built in, like, the Ural Mountains, which still had the resources that they needed, but was out of the combat zone, basically. Right. So they were able to get some shit built. Then you got all these Russian troops coming back to the front on this side, and Germany really didn't make much progress after that. So the Russian winter rolls in, and this was 1941, 10-week campaign. They had no winter gear. Supply lines were thin as it is, and obviously most military people would assume that, oh, you're going to capture a village, you're going to take the resources. Russia was going scorched earth on these motherfuckers. (laughs) So there was nothing to take. Right. So at one point, there were more German troops in hospitals for cold-related issues, mostly frostbite, than there were for actual battle injuries. They had no gear. Sentries were freezing. They out. ran out of food too, didn't they, they? Well, they had nothing. They had no supplies. Oh, and crazy. Russia suffered serious casualties too. Like they took they took it on the chin throughout this entire war. Yeah. But they just kept coming. They just kept having people that were ready to fight. And obviously, they were more conditioned to fight in the cold weather. And what was supposed to be a ten week operation to get some more resources for the rest of the war turned into the back breaking aspect of World War Two. Because if they didn't do that, it would have been a whole different ballgame. Right. But so much of the resources, so many men died for Germany and the rest are on the eastern front that there was it was like and then yeah and then, and then the allies attacked in 1944 so you got that whole shit show going on now it's a two-front war yep. you already lost africa which was another source of resources for you today is actually uh anniversary of d-day normandy it is very good salute our troops salute. we thank you guys for your service there's still some d-day veterans out there yeah for sure so we appreciate everything as that's bravery beyond anything man i i was looking at some of those pictures today from d-day yeah it's absolutely incredible like they're our age going in there younger younger 
younger than that, yeah. 16, 15, yeah. some of them. So. Absolutely insane. Anyways, thank you. Salute you. Nothing but the utmost respect. Anyways. Hitler made a lot of bad decisions. A lot of bad decisions, <laughs> but this was by far the worst. This was poorly right. planned, poorly, he completely under, underestimated both the Russian military capability, number one, number two, the size, the aggressiveness, and every aspect of fighting in Russia, he just didn't account for. He didn't account for how far away it actually was. It's almost like he didn't have a map out, as far as I'm concerned, because it's like the, the supply lines got stretched super thin. Obviously, the farther you go, the thinner your supply lines are going to be, the easier it's going to be to cause a disruption. You know what I mean? Right. It's almost like he wasn't planning with a map, or the map was like a lot smaller than what he thought it was. Right. So, anyway, I thought it was a really interesting mistake. World world changing, and that's the reason why, the biggest reason why Germany fell, as far as I'm concerned. Well, let's be thankful he made those mistakes. Yes, obviously. <laughs> obviously. That was but, a really good, that was a good breakdown. So, I thought that was, I'm really into military history and the tactics behind it all. Sure. And it's just a lot of what do you think is going to actually happen. You know what I mean? Right. So, and obviously he he made an impact. Like, he he took a lot of Russia. Russia probably had the most casualties throughout the entire war, I think. They had 100% the most casualties. So. As, as far as troops and civilians, they lost yeah, like well, 20 the, the million. Well, the civilian aspect of that was absurd because They lost Stalingrad, like 20 million people. Leningrad was just ridiculous civilian casualties. So. Yeah, they got hit hard. But, anyway, so that's Operation Barbarossa. Didn't go well. Very bad decision. Very bad decision. Mistakes were made. Definitely. What, what's your uh, what's your next one? Next one, a lot shorter, but this is probably the stupidest piece of legislation ever passed in United States history. One of the stupidest. This is the prohibition. Yes. Possibly the stupidest piece of legislation passed in history. I literally just said that. No, you're right about that. Lasting 13 years, 1920 to 1933, was the legal prevention, manufacturing, sale, and transportation of alcohol. Meaning, if you were caught with alcohol or anything like that, transporting, manufacturing, anything, it was against the law. Yes. Which I think people today would probably think that's insane. It's impossible. Pretty, pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. And this sparked some of the worst crime in history. I mean, people rebelled with bootlegging and bathtub gin, and moonshining, speakeasies, huge surge in gang violence and mobs and turf wars and shit like that. And basically what this was, was it was a failed experiment of moral governance. It's basically what it was. Yeah. And they basically tried to regulate moral behavior and the Constitution does not stretch to that by any means. It particularly, yeah, in terms the, the of... whole point of it was not to stretch to that point. Yeah, it's a gross yeah. over exertion of a lot of it was by like you know hardcore like evangelical how do you say that word evangelical evangelical people that wanted to clean up the country yeah they wanted to basically get in everyone's bedrooms they want and they thought that alcohol was a main contributor of immorality and what's funny is throughout history how much pull that group has had a lot a lot compared (laughs) to what they actually have because it's not like some of them are pretty rich but they don't wield the economic a ton of economic economic power but it's silly it's a silly legislation it doesn't really make any sense it didn't it just made all the problems a lot worse basically it, the fact that it lasted 13 years and it got fdr elected basically because yeah. he he campaigned the entire time on repealing it yeah so. and he's just like after all we've been through <laughs> right. we could use a beer we could use a drink <laughs> right now <laughs> but yeah no you're right that it didn't it didn't make any sense it's tough to imagine a relatively isolated group having enough power to amend the fucking constitution there are plenty of amendments that are that make sense. And it created so much problems within the justice system as well. And, you know, just policemen bias and, you know, it, it just, it caused a lot of problems. Yeah. A lot of unnecessary problems. And I was reading, it was pretty, it's pretty incredible how rich Al Capone got. Like, I knew that he was a notorious, you know, mob guy that basically, I mean, he did all that bootlegging shit. Sure. And all that. 
percent. But I never really realized how rich he got. I didn't realize either. Like really rich. That's insanity. Yeah. So. And he got brought down because he didn't pay his taxes. Basically, and his his jail cell was really nice. Like ni- are, nicer than my house. <laughs> nicer than your house. Maybe not quite that. Not not quite as big, but he had all the nice amenities you could possibly have in now, jail. Could he drink in jail? Probably. Probably. You think so? <laughs> Probably. So he he wasn't sucked drinking the the prison hooch. Probably the the toilet bowl toilet bowl alcohol. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. But yeah, the prohibition. Pretty pretty bad decision. Pretty bad. And we could do we could do an entire episode on that one. Probably. Didn't make sense. Uh and like it, the biggest part is it was basically the temperance movement was vocal but it wasn't the majority of the country. Exactly. Wasn't even close to the majority of the country. And somehow they managed to amend the fucking constitution. Unbelievable. So anyways that's that's pretty good. I got one more. Sure. This one is definitely along the lines of a terrible mistake as opposed to a terrible decision. Are you familiar with the Mars Climate Orbiter? Yes. Are you really? I read is this is this Mars not doing ET? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. I read about that one too. Which is it the or the the fact that we have all the same ones is kinda of dumb. But and it shows how they're controlling the information, how Google is right. playing right in line with everybody else to crank out to let their algorithm produce this type of garbage. Right. As opposed to some interesting things. Because there should be a million of these. It, sh- it should be, we should be able to do like 100 episodes on this. And we're struggling to get this one done. But anyways, the Mars Climate Orbiter. In 1998, NASA launched its Mars Climate Orbiter. One of many space probes launched to study Mars. So you know they've been doing this for a while. They launch up a rocket to Mars just to kind of see what's going on. Yep. After 286 days, contact with a $125 million probe was lost completely. Now, problems existed pretty quickly with the craft because they would be kind of trying to fly it because once you launch it up you got like radio signals that you're trying to send to it sure but you don't have a ton of control as to what what's going on up there you have to base it all based on estimations as to where the thing is at and every impulse you got to give it it takes a while for it to get up there so you gotta it's complicated science making these things fly basically mm-hmm. but they were kept on having problems where the craft was a lot it looked like it was just a lot closer to mars and the readings were saying that it was they couldn't figure out why the hell are, are they, it looked like everything was off like based on the gravity pole, it was different from the sensor reading something different than what the GPS sensors were saying or whatever. It turns out that Lockheed Martin, the company that basically manufactured the actual probe, because they like I didn't realize that they, they outsourced the production of these things. So Lockheed Martin produces a lot of the space the spacefaring equipment or whatever. Sure. Uh, the team of engineers that laid down like the initial software did it in the English measurement system as opposed to the metric <laughs> system, which is how what NASA uses for all their spacefaring shit. That one piece of software they just did it in the English system for some reason nobody checked that before they launched the thing up in the space <laughs> so this one part of the software which was handling a lot of the measurements wasn't communicating with the rest of the ship basically <sighs> so what was happening was they couldn't it was trying to convert like the computers were trying to convert this ridiculous data and it was just showing that it was way off where it was actually supposed to be it wouldn't have been a problem if it had been all on the metric system but since these me- these measures were mismatched basically uh, it ended up getting way closer to Mars than where they thought it was <laughs> so and they don't really know what happened they figure it either got absorbed by the atmosphere and disintegrated or they think it they think it might have like swung around you know how they do it like the gravity slingshot Mm -hmm. they think it might have bounced or swung off via via mars's gravity and gotten shot towards the sun oh boy but after 286 days it's lost contact completely damn and then they did an investigation and it was yep because they put english system measurements in the software instead of who's the guy that did that probably some idiot and that's the other thing too and it, it raised a whole lot of questions because engineers are known for being a little bit uh, they're not paying attention to detail when it comes to that type of thing. They're caught up in the 
the big picture things and I'm not paying attention to the small details like making sure you're using the right measurement <laughs> that you've been using for every other. Right. And there had been a problem back then and a lot of NASA officials have been complaining about the fact that these guys are just basically lazy and not paying attention to what's going on. $125 million later. <laughs> this, Wait, in what year was that? 1999 was when they lost it. They launched it in 1998 <sighs> in December. So We're doing great, guys. I guess. And that, that call into, uh, I guess the, the I guess it would change a little bit. Like they're trying to get people to be more attention to detail. And NASA took some responsibility as well because they're supposed to check this shit. They didn't even think to look at this. So, and I guess the specific measurement was like launch thrust or whatever. Like how much impulse is let out by a thrust or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which it's not like it's meters or centimeters or whatever. It was something to do with how much energy per thrust. And I guess that's part of the metric system too is like energy measurements or whatever. Sure. So that's where the mess up happened. But it was like 4.4 times faster than what they thought it was or something like that. <laughs> Which over time ended up putting it far closer right. to Mars than where they assumed it was going to be. So yeah, that's a problem. Anyways, that's the Mars climate. It could have been captured by aliens. You know, and okay, I'm getting into it because we got a little time. <laughs> there is a theory out there, and I was going to talk about it on one of the alien episodes. And if we do any more of those, which we probably are, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth. Is there have been a series of Mars probes that have just been lost in space, kind of like this, except there hasn't been a malfunction. It's just been gone. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's there. Boom, gone. And it's not like there's any anticipatory right whatever and a couple of them were launched by the soviet union before uh the fall of the soviet union and they were really upset because they put a lot of money into these probes and they launched a couple and they were going towards phobos and there's this one area that's like a bermuda triangle for mars probes basically so they launched a couple up there and they lost them both russia decided to hire an independent team of remote viewers i don't know if you're familiar with that <laughs> uh-uh. their remote viewers are basically guys and the united states military was sponsoring this until 1994 which is crazy who use psychic powers to see remote places so they put them in a room and there's like a team of guys basically and they isolate them from each other and they give them like a coordinate uh, some coordinates out in space or in russia or whatever and they're like focus on these coordinates what do you see there and supposedly they sit there they meditate they meditate they meditate and they see something <laughs> and there's so, a couple sounds like something the cia would do but there's a couple of guys that are supposedly really good at it like the, they were they were doing some tests and it was like what's in the box basically and the guy was looking he was looking he's like i just never happened me but i don't see anything i don't know i don't know what's in the box i don't see anything so they opened the box up and there was a light bulb in the box and the light bulb had burnt out that's why he didn't see anything so they turned the light on and he knew exactly what was in the box <laughs> so <sighs> the u.s government was using this until 1994 jesus have you ever heard of the movie the men who stare at goats yes that's what it's about is this remote viewing but russia hired these oh yeah okay russia hired these remote viewers to figure out what the hell happened to their satellites and they all came back that it was alien interference there were martian aliens not living on Mars, but they were living on Mars, but they weren't like Martians. They were from another galaxy. Sure. And whatever the probe was at, it was going to see shit that humanity was not allowed to see. And according to these remote viewers, these aliens disable anything that gets a little bit too close, which is why we never seen anything. Makes sense. And they say if, if a probe is up there and they know it's not going to see anything important, they're just going to let it go. But these Russian probes were right on the spot. And it's always near Phobos, which is weird. And was it John? No, it wasn't John Glenn. It was Buzz Aldrin, I think. One of the guys was talking about the monolith on, on Phobos and how they don't know what it is but there's an absolutely a monolith up there so there's something going on with phobos hmm. and there's remote viewers if you buy into this shit we'll tell you that it's 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 the alien shutting it down so <laughs> i knew we we're gonna be able to get some aliens onto this episode <laughs> we usually always do get aliens on about every episode we <laughs> pretty <do>. much <laughs> so that's back that's a satellite to mars this one was
was not aliens. This one was just Lockheed Martin fucking shit up. Sure. But a lot of these lost satellites are aliens. Anyways, do you have any more uh, big mistakes? Yeah, I have a couple. I don't know if I'm going to get into the Trojan horse. You know about the Trojan horse? Of course I do. I think everyone pretty much knows about the Trojan I've horse. I've taken plenty of classics classes. So. It's a pretty, pretty dumb mistake by the, <laughs> by the Trojans. <laughs> Ooh, this horse is pretty. Where do I sign? Right. I guess I could go over it really fast. For anyone that doesn't know the, the, the Trojan horse thing, so circa 1180. Yeah. Circa 1180, the ancient Greeks 1180 and the Trojans, BC. BC. Yes, BC, I'm sorry. BC, the ancient Greeks and the Trojans were involved in a war for probably about 10 years. Sure. And the, the city of Troy, the walls were basically indestructible. The Greeks couldn't get through to the city of Troy. They couldn't sack it, yada, yada, yada. Yep. So they built a giant horse made out of wood. And the Trojans, they were like obsessed with horses. So basically what they did was, and the, the Trojans were like, wow, we won. They're giving us this horse uh, as like a gift. They're retreating, yada, yada, yada. So they let the horse in, unbeknownst to them, that there were about a dozen soldiers inside this horse, and it was led by... Odysseus. Odysseus, yes. And so now there were a couple priests inside Troy that wanted to push this thing off a cliff because they didn't trust it, but the rest of the city of Troy were like, nah, fuck that, we won. We're having a good time. We're about to party. About to party it up. We're about to do... You know, we're stoked. So they all get drunk, and when they're asleep, sleeping off the drunkenness, um, Odysseus and his men, they sneak out of the horse, and they let all the rest of the Greek army in that was uh, basically just camping out on a nearby island. Yep. And they sacked the city and they won. So that is the story of the Trojan horse. And unbeknownst to Odysseus, his story was just getting started. <laughs> because he went on his whole odyssey. He had to go fight a sa- uh, Cyclops after this. All this no shit, shit. All just to get back home. They wrote an entire book about it. No shit. It's called The Odyssey. I'll have to look into it. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I, w- I want to get into two qu- two really quick ones. Got it. So this one is really brief. I don't, un- I don't know the entire history of this, but I saw something really brief online about it today and I just wanted to mention it. I, I, I think this is the Mamluks. You ever heard of the Mamluks? I feel like I have. I, they were like, I think they were Muslims. They had a bunch of territory in like Egypt back in the day. I'm not really, I don't really know the, the timing, but sure. basically the gist of, this is the gist. So this guy, uh, Mamluk, he bought 20,000 Al- Albanian slaves. Okay. okay. And he, and they were trained by the Mamluks and to be like the greatest warriors of their time. Like nobody matched to these, these, these slaves. Yes. Just and those slaves were so good that they overthrew their masters and killed everybody. Yeah, I, I <laughs> heard they free, about this And one. they freed themselves. That's a pretty stupid mistake to, to make. If, if, yeah. So you're just going to go, you're going to buy 20,000 20, slaves, and you're going to train them to be a better fighter than their captors, and then the, the slaves just turn on them and freed themselves basically but yeah real quick i have another dumb decision okay this is the stupidest decision ever made in history the stupidest the like number one stupidest decision in history you ready so with the 21st pick in the 1983 nfl draft okay terry bradshaw the pittsburgh steelers is retired the pittsburgh steelers need to draft another quarterback right to forward their franchise the steelers pass on dan marino and they pick gabriel rivera he was a defensive tackle and this was probably the worst decision ever made in history because that Rivera guy ended up being absolutely nothing. I don't really think he ended up doing anything and they passed on Dan Marino and we all know what Dan Marino was and so well, P- it, Pittsburgh could probably have more Super Bowls right now if, if they would have drafted Dan Marino. If you want to play that game back in the 2010, 20, 2010 or 2011, I think it was 2011, like Cleveland Browns were on the clock at 16th overall. Julio Jones was sitting there on the board <laughs> and they were like, no, we don't want him. They traded back with the Falcons. They ended up picking Phil Taylor that year who was just like 
journeyman defensive end, basically. <laughs> they did get a second first-round pick, though, which is a big deal, because in 2012, they had two first-round picks. One of them was Trent Richardson, who we talked about on the last episode. Mm. But they had the Falcons pick, too. Guess who they picked with that one? Who? Brandon Whedon. <laughs> And oh they got a God. whole bunch of other picks for this for Julio, and all of them were out of the league like <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> None of them lasted on the Browns for too long. So but I, I, how could you how you pass up Dan Marino though? And he was he was a Pittsburgh native, and he went to the University of Pittsburgh. I'm, pretty I'm not sure. saying that the Julio trade is worse than that, but that's pretty bad. <sighs> Worst of all time, pretty bad, probably honestly. <laughs> and Dan Marino never did win a Super Bowl, so. He didn't, but if he was on Pittsburgh, he would have. I guess. Anyways, you got any more dumb decisions? I, I, I don't yeah, think really. I got any more. I was kind of disappointed, like I said earlier. Yeah. Usually my research doesn't disappoint me. This one was kind of like, eh, they're kind of cultivating a narrative with this. So that might that entire segment might be getting cut. <laughs> we'll see. On that note, you about ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, I'm about ready. Before we get out of here, uh, we're up to 1,511 listens. You shitting me. So that's pretty good. Last episode was really good. Aliens Part 4 had twice as many listens as the Haunted Places episode. <laughs> So apparently people didn't want to listen to ghosts, but they wanted to listen to aliens well, or about aliens. Two, where were we at? Two weeks ago, we were at 1,200 listens, right? So we're doing pretty good. I like this. We're, we're doing, doing all really right. Good. We still need the marketing person. So please tweet us at 30 in law. We were supposed to get social media <laughs> up last week. We'll get it up. We'll get it up. It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about this for five months now. Yeah. But it'll get up eventually. Keep spreading the word, guys. Please tweet us at 30 in the. I don't know if we said it all day. I don't think we did handle. Either. Tweet please, us. Please tweet us at 30 in the. Tweet us at 30 in the if you know about any really dumb decisions. Tell us about your dumb decisions, too. We want to have a laugh. Yeah, we've shared plenty of our dumb decisions over the course of the podcast. We have. Dumb decisions, embarrassing moments. Episode 11, embarrassing moments. Yeah. We also get in the history on that one. So if you guys want to hear a really good episode, episode 11 of the show. Excellent episode. It's in our top five most listened episodes. Is it? Yep. Historical figures, spirit animals, and embarrassing moments or whatever. <laughs> uh, the, the pilot episode is still the best one, the first one. It's still the most listened to, but landscaping is slowly creeping up the charts. That's a really good episode. Landscaping is a very good one. Episode 9. So if you guys enjoy our material, please check out the old stuff. We've been picking up new listeners, so please check out the old stuff. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, find a topic you're interested in. Check it out. You don't have to listen to them in order either. You can bounce around. Yeah, just avoid the haunting, the, the spectacular, the Halloween spectaculars. Avoid the Halloween spectaculars yeah i didn't do a good job with that one but everything else is great material so <laughs> anyways on that note you about ready to wrap it up peace dick Rowe listened to it and he was just like nope not sign <laughs> cut <laughs> i don't know what that was I, I don't know what that was but uh he was just like nope Anyways, okay, real quick, before we get into this, sure. have you been, are you familiar with the fact that there's another football league out there right now? The mm. Spring League? And I guess it's been around for a while, the Spring League. Now, I thought that everything was kind of messed up because of the coronavirus. There were a lot of uh, fall leagues that didn't play, so they're playing now. No, this is a Spring so League. So this is a separate league? This has been around since 2017. Oh, geez. It's an elite professional developmental league is what it's labeled as. Now there's not a lot of talent in this league. There's eight teams, and they're not they're not one division is in Indianapolis, the other one's in Houston. So they're it's not like you're playing for a city, you're just playing for a team. Okay. And the divisions play in Indianapolis or in Houston. So there's not a lot of talent in this league. But guess who's a quarterback for one of these teams? Johnny Manziel. No, I wish Ryan Mallett. Remember <laughs> no him? Oh shit! Yes. Thirty three years old. Damn. 
I was looking at these rosters and I didn't recognize like hardly anybody else. Right. Like a couple of the XFL quarterbacks are there. A couple of the players I kind of remember from the XFL, like that Boozer guy. I don't know if you remember Boozer, the lineman. Boozer 69, he played for the the Washington whatever. Sounds kind of familiar. He's in it. Are these people getting paid? I couldn't tell. It didn't look like it. Probably not. But Ryan Mallett's 33 years old, <laughs> running the offense for like the Sea Lions or something. But <laughs> Good for him, man. He's still, still doing it. I got it written down real quick. The, the team names. In the South Division, it's the Blues, the Jousters, the Generals, and the Sea Lions. And I was watching the Generals and the Sea Lions play. Not a lot of talent. <laughs> and then the North Division is the Alphas, the Aviators, the Conquerors, and the Linemen. <laughs> the linemen? Yep. I guess it's like electrical <laughs> line layers. Uh, but could you imagine being a lineman? On the lineman? For the lineman. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I thought that was funny. Ridiculous. I thought that was funny. But that's awesome, though. I like seeing different leagues. Yeah, you know at least there's I mean? an opportunity to get some so, so some you can, playing time. So you, you, you can watch football basically all year round yeah. at this point. 